Hello and welcome to the Somali Professional Podcast. I am your host Samira Ali and you are in the right place for inspirational stories that have A to Z of passion, determination and grit. Welcome. Hello and welcome to the Somali Professional Podcast. This is your host Samira Ali and I am super grateful today to have our next guest today, Mahmoud Youssef. From... Hello, hi. Hello, Mahmoud. How are you? I'm not bad, thank you very much. Yourself? I'm good, thank you. I'm good as, as much as you can be during this lockdown in England. I was going to say Mahmoud from London, but then I realised you're not in London as we speak right now, right? So no, you're not I'm on the lockdown. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm Mahmoud from everywhere. I'm kind of in and out country, so... You're international, Mahmoud. Yeah, he, but we, I have, I'm in no lockdown, Mahmoud. So I agree I'm with still you, honestly. You, <laughs> you're not missing out the lockdown in England. I tell you that no. for sure. But thank you, Mahmoud, very much for taking the time out on your travel, Walala, for you to speak with us today and enlighten us with your journey. And yes, t- tell us all the things that you um, want to share with us and our listeners. And I'm really excited to hear about it. And I'm sure other people are as well. So without further ado, Mahmoud, please tell us about yourself. Who are you? What is it that you actually do? And yes, please go ahead. Pass the mic to you. <laughs> thank you for the introduction and thank you. I'm glad to be here. So my name is Mahmoud Yusuf. I am originally from Holland, but I grew up in London or grew up in uh, England rather. I run a business, I run a nursery. So about five years ago, I opened up a nursery, which have t- turned now to a, a bigger chain, which alhamdulillah, we started off with a, one branch in Harrow and now we have three branches over nearly 30 staff, nearly 200 children. So alhamdulillah, we've been doing quite well. Um, I'm a married man with four children. So alhamdulillah, uh, uh, four Masha children. Allah. was Blessing one of the reasons you. why I started in nursery. It was, it was my drive and my push. You know, when you have children, as you know, uh, you really want to have somewhere that you could see your own child going in. So alhamdulillah, that was my biggest inspiration. So alhamdulillah, that's me basically in a nutshell. In a nutshell, exactly. You you hit the point where you said, as a parent, you want your child to go somewhere good. And basically, that's what you founded. Yeah, because as, as a parent, especially if you have a childcare business, you have this extra responsibility on yourself. Would my child want to be here? And if the answer is no, then you're doing something wrong. And that's how I've always functioned. I, I like that. I, I really do like that and stuff. That's very interesting. And the fact that you actually went from one branch to three branches. And, and you said this all happened in the space of five years? Yeah. So I started MashaAllah, that's great growth. Yeah. Even the first branch that we opened, we had one building with 30 ch- uh, children. And now in our first branch, we have now three buildings with 100 children. So Alhamdulillah, we've always been growing every year, trying to grow and get bigger and bigger and try not to be too stagnated. That's really good. And that's the way forward, the growth and basically like making things better. And like you said, you can't always, like you said, stagnate. And I, I agree with that. So how did you actually get into um, 
to become a nursery owner did you always want to start your own business did you study something to do with um business management in university how did you get into it because it's really interesting i'd love to know more it's interesting and it's it's, it's i would say pretty unusual especially being male and um, there's not many male nursery owners especially somali male nurseries that i know that i've come across um no i it's not something i studied for it's not something i went to university for i actually was in retail at the time i was a store manager in retail so it's a completely different um walk of life but i've always wanted to own my own business i've had a drive and a passion but i didn't know what i wanted to do so i didn't really you know you you know when you want to open something but you don't know what you want to open yes you have and an no idea did, but you don't know what yeah, yes mm-hmm. what you don't know what to do so then one day i've just seen an empty building that it used to be a nursery and it failed and it closed down and I, i've seen the building and without even thinking about it i said i'm gonna take it <laughs> bear in mind i've never entered a nursery at this point i've never because I, I i wasn't here as a child so i just said you know what I saw opportunity. I just said, I'm going to take it and then start doing research. First, what is a nursery? What makes a successful nursery? What does it entail? So I started researching, researching, researching. And then I said, Khalas, I'm going to take it. And it was wow. very spontaneous. Very spontaneous. So you literally saw the building and then just something went, da-da, I want yeah, it. I want it. Um, at that time, I was working in retail. I was a branch manager, but... I didn't have the capital, obviously, to invest because I, I had a family. I was a young family, I had two small children at that time. So I just went to, you know, the bank of Hoya. <laughs> and I said, Hoya, I want to open a nursery. Mm-hmm. Uh, can I have some money? <laughs> and yes. Hoya, Hoya supported me for, from the beginning all the way through. MashaAllah, thank God for the bank of Hoyo. You, you know, yeah. like the people that have Hoyo, and honestly, that can give them that little bit of extra support or like, you know, lending the money. It's just a huge yeah. burden off your shoulder. I I couldn't agree more. And, you know, uh, the Somali mothers have a way of finding money that, you know, that no one else can find. So, so they're, they're very, very resourceful. Yeah, they're very resourceful. In, extremely, extremely. Amazing. But that's how I started. That's my startup. Um, it, it, again, it's not your usual way of starting up a business. It's very different. But I knew I wanted to do something. So I just once I found what I want to do, I just tried to be successful, tried to research how to be successful in that field. Exactly. You, you literally research how to be successful in that field. So then walk us through then. So basically, you've got the that your mom your mom gave you the funds and stuff like that to the capital yeah. to start this business and stuff like that and yeah. then you got the you got the lease correct i got the lease and then i had to apply for the license from ofsted mm-hmm. which took which takes about six months because you're not known to ofsted so they do all this background checks and everything wow i didn't and realize then, it took six months that's amazing uh-huh yeah and then and then in that process after you know, get all these policies and procedures in place, especially for a field or especially for a field that you've never entered or know anything about. Yes. So, but I had a great support system of a lot of people came together in my life that really helped me out. So a lot of people that came, um, my, my wife was a big help. So, uh, some of our friends helped us out. I had colleagues I used to work with who was childcare trained. One of my colleagues I used to work with was also childcare trained. Who helped me out a lot so we had a lot of 
support that everyone came together and helped, which was fantastic. That is fantastic. You surrounded yourself around people who were motivating you and who were, who were supportive. Because like you said, you're going something that you've never done before. You've done the research, you're putting in the work, but you need that pillars, isn't it? The pillars, which you of call course. The, mm. the guidance, you need the guidance to actually put you in the right direction. Exactly. And just more than somebody just to say, you know what, you got this is, is, yeah. is priceless. I couldn't agree more. And Alhamdulillah had that around me, which was very useful and helpful. Fantastic. And then you obviously advertised for the staff. And then how did that go with, when you thought, oh, okay, then you know what, this is the, I'm going to advertise the staff. So what was it like hiring your own first staff? That's an exciting moment, no? When you, you hire know, your first couple of staff. It was very exciting. Although yes. the first staff we hired was um, very unorthodox because a lot of the staff we originally started with were people that were really helping us out, doing us favor. So it was like, my wife's friends or or one of one of my colleagues that I used to work with in Clark. So it's those people that used to come together. My mum who used to yes. help my mum's friends. Uh -huh. So people who qualified who actually came together. Yes, they qualified to help you. Yeah. So they qualified as yeah. a nursery assistant or a nursery practitioner yeah, practitioner. just to help you. That's commitment right there. Yeah. So a lot of people came and actually helped. So I didn't have the initial pressure of having, you know, a full time staff because a lot of people were just like committed to help me which you know I'm forever indebted to them that's amazing no I'm really happy to hear that that's such a wonderful um way to start and then you opened up the staff and so you so you got your staff now and then you opened your door and then did you advertise uh, for in yeah. the newspapers or like local Facebook I, groups I done leaflet dropping I will never forget on the first day um when we opened the door I was thinking you know what you know, you have this vision that you think you're going to be full on your first day. Yes, you do, you do. In the door. And then on the first day, I had six children start and I sat back and I said, SubhanAllah, is this going to fail? I've only had six children come in on day one. And I thought, did I make the wrong calculations? Did I not do enough? And you know, when you think you put everything into it and I was like, and you only have six children outside. SubhanAllah. What can I do? And then as days and weeks come by, six turned into eight, to 10, to 12, to 14. And within one year, we had more than 30 children. So we had to open the, the building next door to cater for another 30 children because we were already full. Wow. So in one year, you doubled your numbers. Yeah, we doubled our numbers and we, 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 went, um, we, we got a bigger capacity. That's brilliant. And all of that basically like what what Mahmoud, what you just literally described now is is the beginning. Well, like you said, you have the vision, you put in the work, but on the first day, things don't always turn out the way it is. So we know that whole thing when people say, "Oh, I did this and it quickly turned out to this." There's no such thing as like, "Oh, this happened instantly." There's no overnight success, you know. If it if it was me on the first day, I would have thought, you know what, maybe I don't want to put any more money in. So the six children. It's not, it's not worth, you know, keep investing in it, but you have to believe in yourself. You did. You and you had, to, and you got over the doubt, you got over the doubt, the self doubt. And you thought, actually, you know, I did what I could and look how people start rolling in. Yeah. Which is, which is, I was very happy about. <laughs> I don't think, I know you can't describe that feeling when I kept seeing more and more people come in. It almost validated my hard work. I thought, oh, the work that 
we've all been doing behind the scenes. And I say my hard work with a, a, a bracket because it's not just my hard work, it's a lot of people. Hard work. A lot of people that put in exactly a lot of people that put in, and obviously you want it to be successful for everybody and for the vision to work out. Because, like you said, you took like one of the biggest risk from when you went from your comfortable, secure job to starting something completely new. Yeah, and and especially having two young children. Yes, exactly. Yes, you can't afford to fail. You're like, I can't afford to fail. I've got yeah, a family to feed. <laughs> yeah, because at the time that we opened the nursery, it was actually the same time my second child was born. Well, at that time, my, my youngest child was born. So MashaAllah. So literally, you've literally got a newborn right there. Yeah, yeah. Literally, had, I took the lease the same, the same month as my child was born. The baby was born. Wow. Yeah. So I can imagine that you're like, okay, so, you, so you're basically getting sleepless nights, <laughs> new yeah, baby in yeah. this beautiful world, and you took on this new um, project yeah. there and then. Yeah. Hence why we named it. So we end up naming the nursery after my daughter, little Aisha, because that's so it just made sense. Yes, that that really that's really nice. That's really sweet. Little Aisha, perfectly yeah. suitable for the name. I love it. Yeah, because... And when, when parents come in and they ask us, um, oh, tell us about the nursery, we tell them, Leo Aisha is my child. And the nursery came from the idea. And a lot of parents, they buy into the story. They do, because people, that's what they always say. They say people, when they come do business with you, they're doing business with you. You are the brand. Yeah. And they love stories as well. And, and to tell such a lovely story like that, which happened to you, is beautiful. It, it, it buys it. The people will buy in. I know for a fact, I would definitely bought that if I lived somewhere closer to you, of course. <laughs> yeah. it's, um, it's really yeah, wonderful. Never know, maybe soon. Yes, exactly. Please, if you expand more, let me know. <laughs> uh, I'll always be happy to support, you know, especially my fellow brothers and sisters and stuff. Um, so, so literally, so you've, so you've got your, so you've doubled up your business and then you tripled it by opening a third one and stuff like that. And obviously there's, obviously there's been times where obviously you felt like, mm, okay, so you know, on those days when we all feel like blah, I, I call them like the blah days, you know, where you feel yeah. blah, I just can't be bothered today. How do you keep yourself motivated? That's the good thing when there's two of you. So when, when I have that day, my wife will pick me up and say, you know what, we can get through it. So it's, that also motivates me in terms of, you know what, don't worry, it's, it's a blip we'll go through that's not enough numbers what can we do next so that that does help you know when you have someone else that is really yes. mm-hmm. motivating you and i have a fantastic team that i work with i honestly i couldn't thank them enough so my team go above and beyond for everything from the the, the my colleague was telling you that I, I used to work with that helped me out yes um she still works with us she's amazing she's, she's still our manager so and she's been with us from the beginning. I've had so many staff there from the from very early on to my you know journey that's still with us that done above and beyond. And even days that I might be down, I think you know what things are hard. They rally around me. Uh huh. That's so and wonderful. Really help me out, so. That's wonderful. There's no I in team. And you can tell just by speaking to you. And I'm sure if I was speaking to your wife too, yeah. you can just see you can just see what kind of two great leaders you are together in your partnership. And like you said, the, the way you give your team credit, that's just really wonderful 
to see in yeah. a proper leader. Yeah. And I have this rule at work. I don't like to call the place my business or my nursery because I hate that because it's it's our project. Yeah, I'm, I might be the director. Yes, my name might be literally on the legal documents, but it's all of our nursery. We've all put our effort in to make this place successful. So to say it's just mine would really take that away from them. That's so wonderful. So basically, it's the value of your of little Aisha is the whole family concept and the fact that you are all own. Even though you like I said you're the legal owner, you and your family is the yeah. fact that everybody has bought into the vision and you all feel as one unit. Yeah, that's why we always say um, to the staff and to the children, and um, we even write on our Instagram that you're part of the little Aisha family. So we're all lovely. one family unit. Yeah. We might yes. be from all over the world, we might be different backgrounds, but we're all part of the same family. And and that's wonderful to have. That's a beautiful mission to have. And like you said, people buy into the vision. That's really yeah, nice. And... That's really nice to Which hear. Really so good. what about so what about the days obviously like you said how you obviously your wife helps you or like you know your staff obviously um all do their part as well to obviously you know like all keep each other motivated and accountable. Um do you in regards to yourself do you have like any positive daily habits or daily routines that you do to sort of keep yourself mentally grounded i wouldn't say it's a daily habit i have a vice for traveling yes uh uh-huh which which keeps me mentally sane so i have to be on an airplane as frequent as possible yes to go and explore new culture scenery yes Uh yeah because that keeps me going that's what keeps me going i couldn't just be at work and then it's, it's almost i need to take a little bit of time to myself refresh and then come back then i feel like i'm more productive then i like that though but because when you go on holiday or like you know you go to travel let's just say even if you took a weekend travel like a weekend trip when yeah. you come back just like you said now you feel refreshed you feel like oh you know what i i i got that little bit of vitamin d if you like obviously sunny places yeah. it could be that if you like skiing and all of that like you know um extracurricular activities <laughs> whereas obviously yeah. someone like me i know i like a sun you know you just give me vitamin yeah. d i go somewhere sunny a weekend later i'm happy i feel rejuvenated and i feel like really good it's like so i agree with you a weekend trip or like a holiday somewhere it does wonders yeah and it really it keeps me motivated keeps me going yes that's how i pick myself up that that's no that's that's the way forward and rest rest is one of the ways that we can all be better leaders and better um in charge even as a better employee even you literally you need to rest your bodies because a lot of people are like oh you need to work 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 hard work hard and you know like not taking time off but when you do all those things at the times that you have a burnout do you have you ever felt like oh i'm close to a burnout now and i need to basically stop myself do you know i had a manager one time uh-huh. who told me a concept that really changed my way of thinking he told me and this is one of my first managers i had when i started working he told me don't work hard work smart yes and yes you know, to it that. really made me reevaluate things that you don't need to you know just bust a sweat and you know just run like a headless chicken you need no. to be calculated and think sometimes do i need to be in the office is it more productive for me to be at home you know, especially as a leader is yes. it better for me to let people get on with their job and not micromanage people 
Exactly, because when you micromanage, that's when you create more work for yourself. Yeah, and also that's when the the team feels demotivated. They do because they're thinking, "Oh, you let me breathe." <laughs> yeah. Let yeah. me breathe. Let me breathe. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I always think, how, what kind of managers did I did I want when I was obviously. Um, working in the corporate world and i think okay that's the kind of person i want to be to like you know the people that i work with you know like you want what you would have wished that you had in a manager and be that person for that person i couldn't agree and i'm not a very corporate person especially when it comes to work i'm a very laid-back person even i don't come to work with shirt and trousers i'm a very relaxed sort of person and i feel like you don't need to have this sort of identity to be successful you don't need to have this vision of this is how a person should dress this is how a person should behave you should be yourself and be happy about that be your authentic self i mean come on i yeah. mean look, look at people like mark zuberg uh yeah. sorry mark zuckerberg and yeah. um people like steve jobs rest in peace they all wore t-shirts or jeans or just something comfortable who said that you have to impress anyone you know yeah. who you are be your authentic self, be comfortable and let people breathe and chill. I like that. Yes, your, your value is in your work and not in your dress sense. No, exactly. And I think I read somewhere as well before where it said, um, I can't remember who said it, I think it was Emma Watson. And what she said was, you can wear like head to toe in designer clothes or, you know, basically fancy clothes all day, every day and stuff like that. Good for you. But at the end of the day, you have a family and a community to feed. Um, not was it called a community to impress. You're not there to impress people. You're there I, to basically be you. <laughs> and I always I remember I that. Couldn't, <laughs> I couldn't agree more. It's, it's very true. I couldn't agree more on that. Exactly. And then from there on, and then from there on, would you like to tell us, um, Mahmoud, about, you know, if you were to describe yourself, obviously, how would you describe yourself in three words? Oh, just three. Um, probably I would say fun. I'm a very fun character at work. I We, we joke about a lot. Um, I, I have this bad habit of scaring people behind doors and things like this. So I would say fun, definitely, energetic, and a very loyal. I'm loyal to my staff, um, especially people that have been with me and gave me their blood, sweat, and tears. So yeah, I would say definitely fun, energetic, and loyal. Those are three words, definitely, that will describe you. I agree. It suits yeah. your personality, yeah. too. Yeah, thank you. So what would you say is your um so far in that five years or let's just say in your like in your whole life let's go with your whole life because it's not just about your work because at the end of the day we're obviously beyond our work we are our own people we are our own authentic self what would you say is your greatest achievement honestly i would say my great my greatest achievement so far to date has probably been having a family um, it's one of the happiest things that you know you can have having your own family and also having or knowing that my mom today doesn't need to go out there and work and she's secure and comfortable um, which financially which for me is probably and for any child is probably the best thing any child would want to do for their parent so probably them two 
is for me is is my greatest achievement above anything else. I agree. Family, you, you can't beat family. No way. Yeah, 100%. No, I agree. So everything else comes and goes. Money will come and go. But, you know, it's, it's the family's the most important thing. Yes, family foundation and your health, which is, uh, I always say, you know, yeah. it's important to look after yourself as well because you only have that one health, right? Yeah, yeah, definitely. That's nice, yeah. And what would you say in regards to if you were to say, okay, then, okay, so obviously, you know, you've got your children, they see you working day in, day out, and they're like, oh, wow, you know, like, they're looking at daddy and how hard daddy works, and how mom, how hard your mom, sorry, your wife works, and obviously, your mom's mm-hmm. also still, like, you know, helped you out, and stuff like that, what what kind of example did you want to set them that you think, oh, okay, then? Do you know, the example, I want to show my kids that, you know, things don't come easy, and you need to go out there and work, and, you know, no matter what you want to do, no matter if it's sort of the taboo or maybe you don't know anyone else in that field. I've not met still to date many Somali men. I've not met many male in that field. So I want them to feel that, you know what, you can do or work or aspire to be anything you want as long as you put your mind to it. And that's the most important thing for them. And that's a, and that's a wonderful lifelong lesson um well well said very very well said mahmoud and um in regards to obviously you seem like very somebody who's very optimistic positive person um but obviously you know in life we all have challenges and we all overcome challenges day in day out in our life in our careers so one of the things that i wanted to ask you especially obviously now that we're obviously in a pandemic um how do you overcome challenges i mean how did you overcome challenges for the pandemic in your nursery how do you generally get over the obstacles? If you can please let us know about that. With, probably with, not just with myself, with COVID and most businesses and most people's lives, literally turned their life upside down. So when I've been really monitoring it from since January, um, I was actually in Egypt in February. And I could see things getting worse when no one in the UK was really talking about it because I used to watch the news a lot. I used to think, you know, it's going to start affecting us. But I thought, you know, inshallah, khair, we'll see. And then when March, when obviously the lockdown happened, most of our centres were closed at the beginning. And then all the centres were closed um, by 24th of March. It was hard. It was very tough. But I made a point that I didn't want to make any redundancies. I want to try and, like, I want to fight for survival. And... I have that we did. We everyone came together. We we made sure that I kept in touch with my parents because remember some of them were off from March until September. They could have easily gone to another site, another center. We tried our best to keep in contact with everyone. We had Zoom uh, um, sort of um, lessons with the children, just so that you know we we touch base with them. So the parents feel connected with us, and we feel connected with them. Enough that we know in six months' time they'll still come back to us which was very important for us. So, but this lockdown, although I'm not really in England at the moment, hasn't affected us. I think maybe England's in a different place now. I think most people, um, I don't want to say, I have kind of have lockdown fatigue, so it hasn't affected us as much because a lot of the parents are still bringing their children. We haven't actually seen a reduction in numbers. We've actually seen an increase in numbers this lockdown. 
And so that's really so far, good news. Hasn't affected uh-huh. us yet. But last one, yeah. But last one hasn't. We've just learned lessons on how to work a bit smarter, work more remote. Yes, all of us had to literally learn how to work remote. I mean, uh, I've been doing remote work for a while anyway. It was part of my business, but it was the fact that I wasn't used to everybody else working remotely. So then you start getting messages and emails at all kinds of crazy hours. It was <laughs> it was yeah. definitely a learning curve. I agree with you, Mahmoud. It's, a, it's the way of doing something. But obviously, like you said, now this current lockdown, Kids are still in school, nurseries are open. So this lockdown yeah. now is more manageable. But the first lockdown, when you heard you all have to close down, you got to do the furlough scheme. And then um, it, it, it's all, yeah. it, it just created chaos, didn't it? It did. And I think it's also the fact that people were not used to or have never really heard of a pandemic before because not really something that's happened in the UK. So it's not something that people are used to. So it's the shock factor of what's going on. And pe- people are really, really scared, as you can imagine. But as time has gone by, people are st- still being careful, still being safe, have really learned that they have to live with the, with the pandemic, but just try to be as safe as possible. And I think that's what's changed a lot. And it, that's why our numbers haven't have been affected too badly. No, I agree with you. It's this time round. It was it was a shock. I mean, obviously, who heard of a pandemic? And it was like the first time, even though I work in HR, that I've heard of furlough because it was like, what? (laughs) Furlough? Time to start looking at Google and what what is all of that? It was just it it was and I hate to use that word for the millionth time, but it was unprecedented times, as they've been saying. Hundred percent, hundred percent. But we'll like get through it. Alhamdulillah. Uh, you did, and I like how you. Businesses, uh, yeah. Sorry, Mahmoud, carry on. Sorry, after you. No, I just said to you, I like how you actually um talked about earlier about how you overcame it. That like you said, like you know, you kept in touch with your with the parents, and the fact that you actually time in time out, you actually kept in touch with the parents with the children via Zoom, and you said that obviously you and your um colleagues learned how to work remotely in that little time that you had so quickly so yeah, i'm just gonna say that really i'm really good. proud of you guys thank you no which is really good even me even when i used to travel whenever i used to travel i never used to work because when i so whenever you would travel abroad it'd be i'm just traveling but now since i've, I've been here since for the last two months or near coming up to two months now and i'm not planning on going back to until the new years and i've been working uh, a lot of things are all our systems have all, all gone online, our registers, or all, all the information of everything is now gone online. We have some online software that we use. So I literally can, I do a couple of hours a day and I, I feel like I'm basically in the office at work because there's no difference now. there's zero difference there's you're working smarter. And like you said, you've yeah. got people at work that you can trust as well. Yeah. Yeah, we just, we just handle that, which really helps. That's a great lesson of adaptability right there. No, well done, honestly, for, I mean, for all the businesses that day in, day out, that did whatever they could yeah. to get over this. And basically, you made it the new the new normal. It's a cliche, but it became the yeah. new normal, right? It is, yeah. And it's probably for a little while longer. 
exactly because we just don't know how things will but we can just be hopeful right we can be hopeful yeah. and we can just do our best and continue going on we can't let covid yeah. ruin our lives no no and i think that's that'll be a mistake thank you and how would you say is obviously going into this, all of this whatever what would you say is your favorite quote oh my favorite quote i would probably say which might sound a bit weird it's a quote I've actually always liked. Um, it's it's a quote that Michelle Obama said. It's um, it's you know I think she was referring to when it was coming up to the election. Is when they go low, we go high. And I love that quote. That, it's it's definitely yeah, it's one of my favorites. Quote. Because why I like that quote is, you know, when other people want to bring you down, when other people want to talk about you, when other people want to really cast doubts over you, or you know, or just gossip about you, things like this. Show them a better face. Show them that you're better than them. Show them that, you know what, you're not going to compete with them and stoop on their level, which I've, I think is a very important thing to do. Yes, it's very important to do, and it's very graceful. I've always liked how Michelle Obama was very graceful. Yeah, definitely. And I think that, that quote probably sums her up. It really sums her up and, and the way that you picked that, that quote, it just shows you the kind of characters you are. You can't let up people distract you. You know, you, you know what it is that you're doing. You know what's truth. You know what's your own truth. And like you said, it's like you, you're not there to compete. You're there to thrive your own life. Who's got time? Yeah. <laughs> Definitely. For nonsense. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. No, I love that. Yeah, so they stoop. What is it? So, they, so when they stoop low, you stoop high. I love that. Yeah. I think yeah, that just absolutely summarizes it. Mm, mm. No, I like that. It's, it definitely shows resilient and thick skin, beautiful. So looking back, obviously, all the things that's been happening to you in the last five years, and even like, you know, from, I don't know, back in the day, from obviously like, you know, your whole time that you were continuing growing and learning your lessons, what advice looking, what advice would you give your younger self? So if you were looking back at Mahmoud, couple of years back what advice would you give him and what advice would you give just generally to anybody that's listening in that wants to embark on their entrepreneurship journey what words of little reassurance can you give us please i would honestly with myself especially growing speak, speaking between my ages of 18 and sort of tw- uh, 25 when i was in retail although i was in retail since 16 but i would say honestly don't waste your energy Oh, oh, don't waste your time on things that you're not enjoying and really seek out what you want to do. Because time is probably one of the most precious assets that we have because once it's gone, you'll never get it back. So I would say don't waste your time on just sitting in, 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 in the retail store that I was in, unhappy and not wanting to be there and actually plan for, you know what, what can I do to come out of my situation and better myself? I agree with that. And I think it's beautiful. Yes. Yeah, so don't waste your time, learn from it. And like you said, just yeah. basically spend time thinking of what it is actually that you want. Yeah. It's like the the manager that I told you that I first had that was telling me, don't work hard, work smart. He was a, he had a big impact on my life. And another thing he always said to me, and when he was in retail, I said, treat this shop as a bus stop. And I didn't understand what he meant. And then I said, what do you mean? He goes, when you're at this bus stop, make the most of this bus stop. But remember, your journey will continue. 
don't let this bus stop become your journey. That's beautifully said. So what such a wonderful manager you had. Yeah, it was a very, it was a very, um, it was a very nice manager, and I learned a lot from him. And and that shows as well. It's the fact that he actually gave you the tools to actually uplift you as well. That's wonderful. Yeah, yeah, and he was also always saying to myself, better yourself. Don't just sit here in retail and just just better. If you want to go in retail, work your way up. Do whatever you want to do, just better yourself. Exactly. So don't stay in the same position. Don't get yeah. too comfortable, basically. That's don't what he was trying to yeah. tell you. Yeah. No, I really like the analogy that he said about the bus stop. So basically, use this bus stop. Get to where you're getting to, but get off. Get off when it's your stop. Yeah, baby. Yeah, and, and it's not your stop yet. So you keep it moving. <laughs> keep it moving. No, I, yeah. I, I really like that. That's such a wonderful advice. That's a beautiful advice. I, I really like that. And would you say that, obviously throughout working in retail because obviously when I first started um when I was 16 I, the first job that I ever had was retail as well and retail equips you with a lot of foundation don't you think it's like it's, yeah, it's a, that was my bus stop too yeah customer service is the foundation to everything it, I couldn't I wouldn't I couldn't agree more because for me I've been with this business this this only be my third job in my life believe it or not so before this, I've been in two retail stores and I've been working a long time. So, and it did equip me in how to deal with customers, even when people are rude, how to, you know, still smile. You might want to say something else in your head, but still smile, say. Still smile? Yeah, yes, sir. <laughs> yeah. Yes, You're right. Customers is, customer is always right. <laughs> yeah. And you realize that in business, you, you're going to have times where you, you might come across, uh, whether it's a supplier, whether it's a parent or someone else or an outside agency that, you might not get eye to eye with, but you know, just be courteous, polite, and remember, they're gonna leave soon. <laughs> exactly, the kids are not gonna be there forever. They're gonna leave soon, they, and 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 you want them to remember the excellent service that they gave you. Yeah, yeah. You rather have that you, you smiling at that parent, and then that parent changing the perception of you, than you being rude to that parent, and then that going into the community. Exactly, and it's a and like they always say and stuff like that. Negative talks that spreads quickly and stuff like that. But then if yeah. you spread positivity and you actually show them, they will know what kind of character you are, and that's the thing that will bring you more business. And that person is more likely to be like, actually, you know what? I like they've made a mistake. You know what? They've this is what they've offered me, and you move on. So I, no, I think that that's that, that's a great attitude of life, Mahmoud. If everybody could follow that. <laughs> And so what would you say then in terms of, um, obviously there's people listening now and they're thinking, oh, wow, like, you know, like I'm thinking of starting a nursery now, or I'd love to find out more business about Mahmoud and what's going on. Um, and I think one of the things that people would be thinking is obviously from your retail journey to where we are now, what's next for you? what's next in the future what's the next in the future if we were to go in the future i don't know you know in interviews they say where do you self where do you see yourself in the next five years Uh, but i always think actually why do we have to say in the next five years you you can't have a five-year plan but why don't you say where do you see yourself in the next 10 years inshallah if we're still alive and we don't suffer from i don't know inshallah no other pandemic or something like where do you see yourself Inshallah. It de- it depends. I do still want to open more branches, so that's definitely something I want to do. I want to um want to still grow and expand, um and hopefully maybe leave London and and go to other cities. 
but one of my biggest plans I have and I do want to start it next year but again depending on COVID and restrictions is I want to travel because I travel a lot as it is so I've been to about I think I was 29 30 countries that's amazing and I have been, I want to start this um I want to start YouTube and I want to go to every country in the world so that's my next goal is to go to every country in the world and document my journey that's wonderful we we definitely need I I, I was saying this to a, a friend of mine recently and I said we don't have that many um people from Somali background or like you know even black people and stuff like that there's such a thing yeah. called traveling while you're black and stuff like that it's completely yeah. utterly different experience. and I think you will agree right as a especially okay, as a male I can agree more <laughs> And I think we need to have yeah. like another segment about this where we touch up on yeah. it, um, about what it's like traveling as a black person or somebody as a person of color. Um, yeah. I, I love that. And I'm rooting for you. Bring that YouTube channel and show us yeah. the adventures because the world is amazing. It's like so many places to travel, so many cultures to see. And we're just scratching the service. Definitely. And we have a unique opportunity that our parents and really our grandparents never had. Because if you look at our grandparents' generation, travel wasn't a thing. No. People would never leave their country because... Unless it's out, necess- out of necessity. <laughs> yeah, even even necessity generally wasn't an option because in our grandparents' generation, there wasn't much flights. It was expensive. That's it correct. Was, it was unheard of. Yes. Just booking a plane, going on holiday. The only time you probably leave your country is to go and hedge. Yes, true, yeah. true. So we have this opportunity that in our lifetime that many people before us didn't have, which is a blessing no. to see the world. Exactly, to see the world. And we've got more opportunities, like you said, cheaper yeah. travel um, flights. Yeah. You've got like ferries that are cheap. You can do even like road trips. We've got opportunities yeah. for traveling. Yeah, so make the most of it. No, that's wonderful. I really, yeah, I really look forward to your vision and your long-term goals. And please, when you um, do set up your YouTube, do come let us know and we'll have you back on the podcast and you can let us know more about it because I'm sure our listeners would love to follow your journey and we will all be rooting for you a lot. No, thank you. So I'm hoping to start next year, but again, it depends on COVID and the situation. So I'm going to... I'm going to kind of be in between back and forth at work sometimes. I'm in Egypt with my family and traveling as well. So I'm juggling. Juggling. <laughs> at the same time. <laughs> That's it. Juggling is the way forward and, and, and doing yeah. what you can in the time. And like you said, we focus on what we can control and stuff like that. So yeah. inshallah khair. Um, that'll be great. So if somebody basically wants to follow your journey now, obviously I know you said you're going to start a YouTube channel, but if they want to start following you now, do you, uh, do you mind? Like, I mean, um, how can they find out more about your work do you want to shout out your business maybe your social media yeah yeah so if anyone wants to follow us it's little aisha which is a-i-s-h-a uk um i'm gonna be setting up um uh, on my travel instagram and youtube and things like that soon um not i haven't got i haven't got around to that yet but so far anyone wants to contact me wants advice on how to set up a nursery or anything related to that yeah it's just little aisha uk excellent and what we'll do is we will be sharing our um mahmoud's business 
on our actual website and we're going to be sharing it on our Facebook group and our, on our Instagram. So Fantastic. we'll have the links there so people can contact you as well. But just basically on that note, I just wanted to say, Mahmoud, thank you very much for spending the time with us today to tell us about your journey. I re I definitely took some notes. I really like um, the, the points that you shared. And yes, thank you all very much for your time today. No, thank you very much and, and hopefully I'll be back soon when I travel the world and give a little bit different perspective on life. We look forward to that. Thank you. And to thank our listeners, and to our listeners, thank you very much for listening this week. I'm your host, Samira Ali. Join me next week again for another fantastic podcast. Thank you. Dear listeners, thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Smiley Professional Podcast with your host, Samira Ali. Join us again next week for another wonderful, inspirational story.